Welcome to Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 13. I love to have our listeners be a part of this podcast. So on this week's show, we're talking with one of our podcast listeners, Michael Poole from Tennessee, who's about to go on a cruise aboard Royal Caribbean's Oasis of the Seas. We're going to talk to Michael and look at his cruise plans, talk about what he plans on doing on the ship, and helping him make a few decisions along the way. Here we go. So joining us on today's show is Michael Poole, and Michael has the great honor and lucky duckness of being able to go on a Royal Caribbean cruise. Actually, this weekend on November 2nd, he'll be boarding Oasis of the Seas to go on an Eastern Caribbean cruise. And it's my pleasure to welcome Michael to Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Welcome to the show, Michael. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm really excited uh, to sail this Saturday and to share it with uh, the listeners you have. Absolutely. I think it's, let me say on behalf of all of the listeners, we're all extremely jealous and wish we were going with you. So tell us about, you're, you're not a newbie to Royal Caribbean. How many cruises with Royal Caribbean have you taken, actually? I have taken 14 cruises, and this will be my 11th with Royal Caribbean. Uh, nice. And I am a Emerald member. So after this cruise, I'll be diving. Oh, nice. You're upgrade. You're going up on from this cruise. Yes, yes. I'm very excited about that. Isn't it weird that you'll, I mean, you can't, you book this cruise for, you know, for whatever reason you book the cruise for, but you know, in the back of your mind, like, yeah, because of this cruise, I get to upgrade. And then after this cruise immediately, what's the first thing you're going to think of? That I'm finally a diamond member. I can go to the diamond lounge and you have to take another cruise in order to do that. That's the thing, right? So it's like, you're like, yes, I'm a diamond member and I got to go book another cruise so I can go (laughs) take advantage of being a diamond member. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So. Let's talk about why you picked this cruise exactly. Why Oasis? Why Eastern Caribbean? What, what, what drew you to this particular cruise? Well, I originally planned on looking at a smaller ship, but then I was worried that I wouldn't really you know, have all the entertainment options that I was seeking. Uh, I am going on this cruise solo, so I wanted something that would keep me busy at all the time. And you know, the Oasis really has a lot of options with the neighborhoods, the entertainment, the Hairspray Broadway production show, all the food options. So this is something that really appealed for me and why I booked the Oasis. That's great. Now, I know that when we were talking off the air, Michael, you mentioned that you had sailed on Allure before, Allure of the Seas, but you have not sailed on Oasis before. Is that right? That's correct. That is correct. How did you like your time on Allure? Allure was just, when you walk in, it's just almost breathtaking. You're in awe just as soon as you walk into the promenade deck. And there was a lot of things that I didn't really get to take advantage of on the Allure that I know I have to take advantage of on the Oasis. Okay. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about the cruise. First, uh, before we get any further, what cabin did you book? I am booked on a boardwalk balcony, and I am lucky enough to be about the fifth one in from the aft, from the Aqua Theater. So I'm excited about that. Oh, nice. You have a boardwalk view of the, and you get to see the aqua theater from your cabin. I, I do. I lucked out and got a pretty apt cabin, so I, hopefully I'll be able to watch a lot of the shows from my balcony. Nice. How long ago did you book the cruise? I booked the cruise this summer. Um, I actually originally booked on one of the smaller ships and jumped ship because I was having doubts. So I've only been booked on the Oasis for about two months. Oh, wow. So that's, that's, that is really surprising that you were able to get such a great balcony, you know, could, so close to your sailing, essentially. Yes, I, I really lucked out, and I, I'm excited to try it. I originally tried the Central Park on the Allure, and I really like the neighborhood balconies. You yep. cannot get this option on any other class ship than the Oasis class ships. Yeah, I stayed on Central Park View when I was on Oasis this season. I agree with you 100%. It's a great view. And, you know, the great thing about your view, first of all, you can see the balcony, which is cool. 
But on top of that, you get a view of the Aqua Theater. And we saw the Aqua Theater show, but man, that thing fills up so fast. And we were so jealous of all the people that had balconies that could see it because then you don't have to compete. You can show up a minute before the show begins and you can see everything. Yeah, that's something I'm really excited about and just taking advantage of it for my own balcony never leaving the stateroom. So it's going to be fun. Nice. So you booked uh, – and you're going solo. And this is interesting because before – when you booked actually, Royal Caribbean hadn't changed their policy, which they actually just changed starting earlier this month of getting solo cruise members get double the Crown and Anchor Society points. That – I mean I'm sure you're happy about that. What was your reaction when you heard about that news? Because obviously you didn't book it because of that, but certainly it makes it better, right? I was really excited, but I was like, well, once I reach Diamond, I mean, points do matter, but they don't matter, I guess, as yeah. much as you're climbing the ranks. I was like, oh, I wish this would have been the case a year ago, but I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited, and I'm I'm honored to get the double points, so it's nice. Yeah, I know what you mean. When they, It's like when the Crown and Anchor Society switched their point value from, you know, one cruise equals one point to how many cruises per, you know, how many, how many nights you sail is equal to how many points you get. And I was like, right. oh, if I had, if they'd done that a couple of years ago, I would be like, you know, super, I would, you know, diamond plus at this point. But alas, yes, yeah, they call it. So one of the things that I, w- I found interesting about you had sent me uh, an email before the before we started recording about some of the things you were doing on this cruise, and one of them was you decided to purchase the drink package. And Michael, I think you know, I get more questions and comments about the drink package than anything else. It's just something I, I could do a podcast about the drink package and there are people that will listen to that every single time. So why, what compels you to drink the, or drink, why it compels you to purchase the drink package and are you doing it from a value standpoint? Are you doing it from a, I don't want to have to worry about a convenience standpoint? What was your rationale exactly? Well, I've tried it before. I tried it this past March on the Navigator and I personally like it for the peace of mind. It's paid for. It's out of the way. I like getting on a ship and gratuities are paid for, drink packages paid for, everything's paid for. Now, I do plan on getting my values worth, but that is not the reason that I that I purchased the drink package is to get my value for it. Okay. So you, having done it before, did you quote unquote break even, do you think? Or how, what were your results last time you doing it? I think I came really close to breaking even. I will say, Matt, on the seventh day, I did not consume a single alcohol beverage. I will say that, that at that point, I had I had had enough. Um, <laughs> so that's something to think about: is can you consistently do it for seven days? Um, and I right. and I was not able to do it. So I'll try really hard this cruise on the Oasis to to keep going on the seventh day. Okay, <laughs> you got to be a trooper. You keep drinking. <laughs> So uh, I'm curious again what your reaction is going to be the second time. Although you did bring up something that's important. I do think it's a great advantage of the drink package and the gratuities as well. Being able to prepay it means you're breaking up the cost of your cruise. You're not coming home to like a gargantuan credit card bill, right? And that, right. that does make a difference. And that's kind of the reason I did it. You know, I you know paid for the cruise this summer. About a month ago, I purchased the drink package. A couple weeks ago, I did the gratuities. So I was able to kind of break it up. And now everything is paid for. I just got a cruise. Nice. Now, one of the things that you had brought up, actually, again, before we started recording, was you mentioned something that's pretty interesting about your dining plans. Tell our audience about what your dining plans are for this cruise and why you chose to go this route. I have actually booked six specialty restaurants for the seven-day cruise. I you know, didn't get to try a lot of these options last time on the Allure, and I decided this go-around, I'm not missing out on these specialty restaurants. I really want to try them and, and see if I like them, and I'm excited, you know. I don't plan on going to the dining room a single time, so I might miss it, but I'm going to go this route and give it a shot. So which restaurants off the top of your head did you book? <laughs> I did the Central Park package, and you get 
I believe four um, specialty dinings, but I'm doing the Zuma Steakhouse, which you kind of talked me into that with your love of sushi. So I'm going to give that a shot. And Giovanni's Table, Solarium Bistro. I'm going to do Chops, 150 Central Park. And I'm doing the Surf's Up Party. So that would be oh. my the, the sixth specialty one. Yeah, as I, I love the Zuma. I'm a sushi fiend. And if you love sushi, it's it's really hard to go wrong with that. It's just it's... Oh, and ask about the specials because they have the regular menu, but their specials I always found were probably the best cut of fish. They were the freshest. It just seemed like it was maybe a, like a step above the other. Not taking anything away from the sushi that they offered on the regular menu, but I'm just saying if any of the specials sound good to you, always go for that. Okay. And I was kind of on the border until you talked about the restaurant and I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm really excited about it. Oh, I, I went in there every day and by like, Day two or three, they're like, oh, Mr. Matt, we'll see you again tomorrow at six o'clock. Yes, you will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So let's talk about other things you're planning on doing on the ship. We talked about the Aqua Theater. I know you mentioned Hairspray. Have you seen that before? I have not seen Hairspray. I'm I'm really excited. I've heard a lot of people say they really enjoy it, uh, maybe even a little more than Chicago on the Allure. So I'm excited to kind of compare and contrast the two Broadway shows. Um, And then, of course, you do the Aqua Theater show. I'm going to take a, do that, and then I'd miss the comedy show. And, and to be honest with you, I've never been to a comedy show on a cruise ship, so I'm not going to miss that this go-around on Oasis. I don't know if I've actually made it down to the actual you know, theater. No, that's not true. I have in the main – like when they do like on the smaller ships, they'll have the comedy person in the – comedian, that's the word – in the main theater. But Oasis has their little comedy club there, so that might be pretty cool to do. Yeah, it's like a, I believe it's around a hundred seat on air club, and I've actually decided I'm going to sit front row. You know why not? Let's go have some fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you planning on doing any of other onboard activities like, say, the quest or trivia, anything of that nature? I'm not sure if that's up your alley necessarily. Well, speaking of the quest, I last cruise I got first place my team, so I will wow. definitely taking in the quest. That's one of my favorite activities of the week. Um, you know, that's something that I would never miss. Go to the show if you have to take a nap before it, because it's generally between the 11 and 12 o'clock hour. But it is a ton of fun. It's a show that you definitely want to leave your kids in the stateroom. Don't bring them with you. Um, so, but it's a fun it's a fun time. So it sounds like, Michael, if you join us for the Royal Caribbean blog group cruise on Quantum of the Seas, I am totally bringing you onto my group as the <laughs> ringer because you have experience as being first place. Yes, you definitely want me. I am a go-getter on the quest. Yes. Awesome. Are you going to do any of the activities like the flow rider or the rock climbing wall, mini golf, ice skating? Well, I tell you, I didn't take advantage of the zip line on the alert, and I'm I'm doing it on the Oasis. I'm going to zip line, and I I'm a big flow rider fan. I always bust, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I've never rock climb on a cruise ship either. So there's things that I'm just I'm doing I'm doing on the Oasis. So I plan on rock climbing and definitely zip lining. I wish you the best of luck because, as you know, every time I try to do that darn rock wall, I never get it done. It's just like one of those things. I don't know why. I'm like, oh, I can't do it. Yeah. But it's, um, it, that looks a lot of fun. Oh, the other thing was, did you book tickets for the ice show? I did book tickets for the ice show. Um, that's always one of my favorites, uh, just going in there. They're always a little different. Um, so that's a show that I, I definitely won't miss of the ice show. Yeah, totally agree about that. Well, tell us a little bit about your going on Eastern Caribbean. So what uh, shore excursions, if any, are you pl- are you planning on taking advantage of right now? 
Well, in St. Thomas, I, I always do the same thing. I go to Megan's Bay. It's I'm a beach bum. It's one of my favorite places to go in St. Thomas. I'm not really big into the shopping, so I like just, you know, it's about a 15-minute taxi ride. Uh, they take you to Megan's Bay. I believe it's $2 to get into the beach and just spend the whole day there and not have a worry in the world. So that's a pretty fun thing. And then in St. Martin, uh, I've been there probably five times, but I've never been to the French side. So I'm, oh. I'm going to the French side. I'm going to spend the day there at the beach and watch the planes fly over. So that should be pretty fun. Uh, and then uh, in Nassau, I am going to do Jukino Beach. It's a public beach. It's about a 10-minute walk. And it's a little beach. You just lay a beach towel and just relax. Sounds like great plans, to be honest with you. I think you got the right – I mean, it's hard. first of all, it's hard to ever go wrong with Megan's Bay as a day plan. <laughs> you know, it's just beautiful. <laughs> it never gets old. That's the one thing about it. And uh, I, lo- I love St. Martin. And going to the French side, that's great. The, the vibe of that bar – I'm assuming you're going to – the Sunset Bar and Grill, yes. I think, is the name of it. Yes, yeah. that's it. I've I've always read reviews of people going there, and I've never been. And I'm like, okay, I've got to go to this bar, like, and see the planes fall over. Yeah, I went there in uh, September. I will say, just do me a favor, Michael. Don't be one of the idiots hanging onto the fence. It's plenty cool <laughs> standing underneath it. You don't need to be by the fence to do it. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I will definitely take your word on that one. <laughs> Looking at the whole cruise, Michael, the whole thing from getting on board to the drink package to what you're doing on, on, on board and when you got on land, what are what stands out to you as really the most exciting aspect of this cruise? What are you most looking forward to? I would say the one thing that I'm really looking forward to is trying all the options that I didn't get to try on the Allure because the ships, they're, they're so similar um, such as the, you know the zip line and all these specialty restaurants, so maybe just really taking in the whole Oasis class experience because it's really hard to do on just one week. There's so many things to do. That's a great point. Now, before we go, Michael, as you may or may not know, to get to know some of our podcast guests a little better, I'm going to ask you some quick questions about how you like to cruise in Royal Caribbean. So, just I'm going to give you some questions. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Okay. Favorite restaurant on a Royal Caribbean ship? Chops. Okay. Been there a couple times and can't go wrong, right? Every Royal Caribbean cruise, I always go to Chops. That's a that's a one steakhouse you don't want to miss. I agree with you there. Preferred drink while on a Royal Caribbean cruise? I'm a whiskey lover, so I would have to say Jack Daniels, uh, Jack and Coke. Living in Tennessee. Is, <laughs> is the uh, By the way, speaking of whiskey, the drink package does pretty well with the whiskeys? It does. It actually offers some premium whiskeys that I am going to actually try. So it does offer some premium ones. Awesome. Favorite port of call to visit? St. Martin. St. Martin. This, this is what, we're kindred spirits, Michael. I mean, you're, you're awesome at the quest. We both like St. Martin, and we enjoy a nice drink. What's wrong with that, right? Hey, I'm booking the Quantum of the Seas with you. We've got to go. Woo, I'm telling you, man. If it, it, th- Those people won't know what hit them. It's going to be dead ringers. <laughs> Literally, they won't. <laughs> and lastly, favorite song on the radio or your iPhone, iPod, whatever you happen to have in your pocket today? Um, I would say It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere by Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy, that's a good song, man. All right. Well, Michael, I wish you the best of luck on this cruise. Sounds like you're going to have a great time, and I'm looking forward to hearing about how your cruise went when you get back. I will be here to tell you all about it, and then I tried everything. That was great talking to Michael about his cruise. And you know what? 
after we talk to one of our listeners, let's talk to more of our listeners through some of the feedback we've gotten on the podcast in this last week. First up, one of our good friends, Christopher Percy, sent me an email and said, Matt, enjoyed your podcast this morning in episode 12, Royal Caribbean Ship Classes. Very informative, and your insight will help new and seasoned cruisers alike. I think back to our first cruise on the Majesty of the Seas in 1995, we thought, what a huge ship. Wow, have things changed. Our favorite class of Royal Caribbean ships is Radiance class. However, all 21 ships in the fleet have their own personality, and let's face it, any cruise is a great thing regardless of the ship. Look forward to your next podcast. Christopher, I agree with you 100%. I will never poo-poo going on a cruise, especially if it means I don't have to go to work. That would be awesome. So I'm totally with you there. Nothing beats the next cruise, and certainly it's hard to go wrong with any Royal Caribbean cruise. So well said, sir. Next is a question from Kathy, who writes, Matt, I know you've experienced traveling with an infant. Planning on taking our kids and 23-month-old grandson. My son is concerned because there is no separation in the room. Grandson doesn't sleep well with parents in the room. I see a curtain by the bed in some room photos. Does it extend across the room? Also, where do you place the pack and play? We have a balcony cabin. Kathy, the good news is, yes, there is actually some separation for sleeping at least. On the cruises that I've been on, in most staterooms at least, there's a curtain that goes about halfway across the stateroom or at least or all the way across. Kind of depends on the cruise ship. When I was on Jewel Seas, for instance, this past September, the curtain went all the way across. And I believe on Freedom, I want to say, this in both cases, they were balcony cabins, the curtain only went halfway across. I could be wrong on that. That being said, regardless of whether it's halfway or full across, there is one downside to it. Yes, you get some separation. That's good. But the downside to it is that you're going to have basically a separation between you, being you, the adults in the bed, and the bathroom. So if you have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, you have to move the curtain a little bit and sneak past the kid. Luckily, my daughter is a very sound sleeper when she's asleep. And of course, I'm not like, you know, making a racket or turning the lights on. But keep that in mind. Maybe a, a, a nightlight might be a ba- a, not a bad idea. And you know what? If anything else, they'll probably just go back to sleep even if you do wake them up a little bit. In terms of your question, where do you place the pack and play? We usually place it on the other side of the curtain again, usually where like the table is when you first get there. Don't forget, you can ask the stateroom attendant to remove the table, and that creates a little more space. They can either move the table to your balcony, or they can actually remove it all together, and that's usually enough space for that. And again, you can be creative with the layout, but that's usually where we put it. So have fun with that, Kathy. And we also have an email from Mike Eads. Dear Matt, really enjoyed your podcast, which discussed the various classes of Royal Caribbean ships. It was very interesting and informative. You did a great job explaining the similarities and differences between the various classes of ships. As always, I've learned a lot and had a good time doing it. I know it must become difficult with ideas for the new podcast, so I thought of a few things that might be interesting to me and the other listeners if you're interested. So here are my humble suggestions. One, book early or last minute, which is better. Two, are specialty restaurants really worth the extra fee? Three, Cruise vacation versus land vacation. Four, personality, quote-unquote, differences of the major different cruise lines. For example, Holland America is usually reserved for older folks. Best regards, keep up the great work. Michael, great ideas all around. I am really looking forward to doing most, if not all, of those ideas. The one episode that I think we've actually covered already, if I'm not mistaken, is all the way back in episode two. We talked about specialty restaurants, and I think that was one of them. Although, if you like some more insight into is it worth it or not for the extra fee i can certainly talk about that as well but you might want to take a listen to that episode if you haven't missed it i think you've heard of them all michael but if you're not episode two might be a good place to start so thank you to michael and everyone else who sent in this great feedback on this episode and of course if you have questions comments you want to be you want them to be heard on this show we'd love to have them you can email us matt m-a-t-t at royal caribbean blog.com 
you can tweet us at the RCL blog, post a message on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash Royal Caribbean blog, or you can call the Royal Caribbean blog voicemail by calling 408-676-9256. Thanks to, again, Michael Poole for joining me on today's episode. And for all of these great comments, we'll talk again soon.